Hello everyone, Leslie here. So for this special commentary episode, we are watching the film Manhunter, the director's cut, which clocks in at two hours and four minutes. This one may be a little bit harder to track down, but trust me, it is worth it for the uh, some of the additional footage. But if you can't track it down, don't worry about it too much because it's only about uh, four minutes longer and you can get it in sync pretty easily. Alright, so we're going to start the film on go. Three, two, one, go. There we go. Yeah, I'm playing. Perfect. Dino De Laurentiis. Wow, that's the mark of quality. Yep. That really is the mark of quality. You can just tell by the font is a good (laughs) Truly, actually, to be honest with you, they should add a little wiggle vision to, to fonts in movies. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Shannon Strucci. And today we are doing a very special commentary episode of one of uh, my favorite uh, films with one of my favorite people and favorite guests, uh, Will Millinker of Chapel Chaprouse. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Seeing is the primary way through which my fantasy is made real. (laughs) You like watching movies, don't you, Chief? I'm right there with you, sport. You've seen this movie before, haven't you, sport? A joy to be here with you. I'm ready to hunt some men. Yeah. Oh, great already. This, like, the, like, super fucking creepy, like, snuff footage that this opens with. Oh, yeah. Already. So good. So terrifying. I am I, a huge, huge fan of this movie, which I'm ashamed to say I didn't watch until many, many years later because people would always talk about like, oh, this is they did a Hannibal Lecter one in the 80s and like it wasn't that good. It was near. Right. It was no. People hard, are unkind to this because it's, it's, of it's Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's very hard for this movie to get out underneath the shadow of Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs. And like, I don't even know, like I couldn't even say which one is better. I mean, I think they're both unalloyed masterpieces. It's just yeah. they're so... They're so different. Oh, this opening mm-hmm. shot here of Crawford yeah. and uh, oh, Bill Graham on the beach here. <laughs> this is the 80s right here. I oh, God, it. it's pure 80s. The shorts. Oh, yeah, some amazing Bill Peterson shorts here. Here's the two types of 80s men. <laughs> like, the yeah, s- yeah. sleeveless beach man <laughs> and a business fella. <laughs> Both with perms. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, what's your history? Well, all y'all's history of the film. I just only watched it a couple of years ago. Fell in love with it. Have watched it maybe four or five times since. Like, it's just one I can want do over and over again. Um, my, mine is also similar to yours. I watched it earlier than a couple of years ago. Like, I think I did end up watching it maybe in my early twenties or something like that. But I also had been fed the line that like, oh, this is like the lesser prequel or whatever. Uh, uh, it's not as good. And you know, I, 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 it's they're they're both just very good movies. If anything, everyone should be like, wow, the Hannibal Lecter story can like take on so many forms. Yeah. How impressive! And like, <laughs> yeah. they're all good. Uh, but yeah, I watched it a little later than Silence of the Lambs, and uh, yeah, I think it's 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 a it's one of the man classics. I've watched it a number of times since then. I had a friend who like obsessively loved this movie um, and got me to watch it, and I watched it with some other friends who are like big film people. So that was really fun, just like one of those fun hangout like movie experiences. 
And I liked it a lot. It's kind of hard coming off of Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal because you get two very different like preconceived notions of mm-hmm. the Harris canon or whatever. But like y'all were saying, it's just really cool that different people can interpret the same story in different ways. And I liked it a lot. Um, I think I'm going to enjoy rewatching it. It's like, you know, like uh, like Michael Mann in this and then Jonathan Deming and uh, Silence of the Lambs. Just like the color palettes of these two movies could not be more radically different. You know, like mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs is so sort of like brown and dark green and gray. And this is just that Michael Mann, like dreamy hyper realism of like mm-hmm. neon and like nighttime and just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like this cool, very cool sort of like uh, like neon color palette. Like a cool intensity. Yeah. White heat. So, uh, like, you know, starting right away, at least just like in, in the, cause like, you know, this is, this is the, the origin story. Like this is, this is the first Thomas Harris novel. This is like the introduction of this whole universe of, you know, Jack Crawford and Hannibal Lecter and all this shit. And, um, as we see in, you know, Hannibal, the TV show and in this right off the bat, Jack Crawford, such a fucking asshole for yeah. doing this. Like, <laughs> just such a jerk, like interrupting this guy's like nice life after he's been traumatized and just slides those photos over to him knowing what it'll do oh man yeah one of the things that i think makes the hannibal Lecter series work so much is the fact that it portrays the fbi as mostly like clueless assholes for the most (laughs) part Mm -hmm. uh more more or less i think the film silence of the lambs kind of made you know clarice smarter more noble jack crawford more noble but on the whole like this series kind of endures where a lot of the like games pass and shit oh look at that oh my god beautiful shot wow wow no leslie i mean i I was thinking about it because i I was just speaking to you a little earlier like you know i i just rewatched all of uh all of hannibal and like that was my second time going away all the way through it nice yeah and you know i'd seen it before but like the 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 thing that struck me more than anything rewatching hannibal the tv series and then you can see glimpses of it in this as well is like what what does jack crawford actually do like what does he bring to the table for like any murder investigation like yeah, like he, he just like he just makes Will disassociate, and then like he just like if he was on his own, he'd be like, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know, like did, did anyone use a credit card or can, can we frame some fucking poor teenager for this? I don't know. Like, I did not know you could get this color on screen until yeah, I saw this incredible. film. Yeah, yeah. This is like pre-traffic, like all the digital retouching too. So he was like able to get it all blue, like in camera. I mean, it must be some kind of trick. Like I don't know, just waiting for the perfect hour or like minute to. to, to yeah, get this fucking... there are different color processes yeah. with film too. It was probably yeah. some kind of horrible combination of like fifteen different things they had to get precisely right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks it looks fucking it's so amazing. Good. Like. Uh, also, very important divergence here between the Michael Mann version and the Brian Fuller version is that, like, you know, Will, Will Graham fucks. Like, he's a, <laughs> like, he, like he's, he's, he's a normal, like, man's man. He's a little bit traumatized or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like, he's, he's just he's, he's more of a regular FBI guy rather than the, the Hugh Dancy version of Will Graham, who's, like, you know, uh, neuroatypical, like, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it feels like. Oh, and also gay. 
<laughs> oh yes, uh, but besides that, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a. I really like William Peterson um, as Will Graham. I think he does a really good, interesting job as like a leading, a semi kind of le uh, atypical leading uh, man in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think he really brings uh, a lot to the character. And it, uh, just comparing this to his, what he does on CSI is just really funny because that's the like one of the most boring characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you know what 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 this movie portrays is like I, I think Michael Mann did this uh, right after Thief, which I think was his first like feature film after being like a like a showrunner for many years, famously with Miami Vice. But like like Michael Mann movies, like pretty much all of them, but especially like this movie, Thief, Heat, The Insider. Like what Michael Mann does is he does movies about men at work. Like that's <laughs> really what he's interested in is like mm -hmm. men doing a job, and like everything else is secondary to that. And it's yeah. both whether you're a cop or a criminal. It's just like, he really wants like the details of like how men work, how they focus on it. And like, just like doing the job is this kind of existential paradigm for a man in the modern world. Yeah. It's all, it's all doing a man, uh, a man doing a job, uh, in a kind of VHS aesthetic, uh, with, you know, heavy synth, <laughs> like with heavy synth. <laughs> and this is not, this is a very, this is a very, uh, uh, film aesthetic but there's something very like i always like how there's something like very sort of like documentary or like very flat about michael mann's look i mean he yeah and he wants to show you like it's not just about like like a like a man doing their job and going through the motions it's about the struggle to do the job right to do to do a job good which i think is like sort of like almost a meta commentary on being a director or like trying to make movies in hollywood or as part of like a TV studio or anything like that. It's about the struggle and the toll it takes on you to, to do something, just do it like as best as it can, can possibly be done. Like a, a like this perfectionist element. Yeah. I think maybe, I mean, look, you look at, you know, heat, um, yeah, collateral. Oh, heat, heat is like the Avengers of men doing jobs. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, like, yes, Heat yeah. was like an examination of <laughs> oh, one man. man doing a job. Heat is like eight men all doing the job like the best they can do, like <laughs> yeah. jobbing against each other. It's so good. <laughs> no, but, but 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 also like like with Heat, with this, with Deep, it's it it's also all about like you can be the best, the best possible person for the job and obsessed with every detail and not overlook anything. But there's always going to be something that goes wrong. There's right. always going to be something like you can never, ever, ever actually achieve perfection. Okay, so th this version of Will Graham does not have like the Xerox wipe uh, effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 So, Will, you, you have some really interesting thoughts you share with me about Hannibal. Why don't you break down what did you think on the whole uh, of the series? Of the TV series? Yes. I mean, like I said, it just. Uh, I was talking to Jack a little bit about it before you got on here. It's like the astonishing thing to me about Hannibal is that a it was on network TV during prime time, yeah. which is like astonishing yeah. <laughs> considering how like absolutely grotesque it was. Yeah, yeah disgusting. And, and, but like what I what I loved about the show is that over the course of its three seasons, it like it it transforms itself into two or three different shows like as it goes along. So by the time of like the beginning of like the first half of the third season is like something unlike something that's ever been on television is just this purely phantasmagorical, like psycho, like, like just trippy, bizarre love story between two men. It, we were talking about this right before the show, you know, is there anyone else who can create like 
actually good artistic network television. <laughs> like Brian Fuller, like may be the only like you know there's there's good network television. I don't even say like. You watch CSI and I'm like, that's like super well constructed, like storytelling or whatever. But I, I, you know, as far as doing this sort of elevated thing, is Brian Fuller the only one? I don't know, but I remember reading because like obviously like Hannibal's on Netflix now and like it's, you know, it's, it's gained this whole other new audience of people mm-hmm. who are discovering it for the first time and it's become mega successful. So Fuller has given a lot of interviews about it. And I think like the thing I, I read that struck me is he said that like every director they worked with. On on and they had some stacked fucking like old school like Peter Maydak, um, fucking uh, John Dahl, uh, Vincenzo Natale, um, uh, Neil Marshall for at least one episode. Oh, wow. um, he just told like everyone like, look, we're not making a network show. Like, just direct this like an art <laughs> film from the eighties. Like that's like, what the look should be. You know, the only other person I actually am thinking right now is uh, Lynch. Lynch did uh, uh, Twin Peaks, and that yeah. counts right, as right. television. Yeah, Shannon, you did a video on Hannibal. That actually, that your Hannibal video is why I looked you up, Shannon, in the first oh, wow. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my better ones. I spent probably 30 hours watching interview footage and stuff like that. Yeah, Fuller is fascinating. And he's had problems um, working on TV shows trying to get like queer representation or more artistic stuff mm. in his quit shows or after he's left shows, they've made characters that were gay straight and stuff like that. Oh, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, like in, in this recent spate of interviews, one of the most astonishing things that he said is that the network, take a guess the two actors that they suggested to play Hannibal instead of Mez. They wanted either Hugh Grant or John Cusack. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's this guy or nothing. And I got to say, wow. Um, I mean, obviously, like, he had way more to work with of, like, developing this character. But, like, Meds, like, he leaves Anthony Hopkins in the dust. I'm sorry. Like, there is yes. no better or deeper portrayal of Hannibal so Lecter than what Meds does in that. Because it's just, like, it takes the cooking stuff to a whole other level. But there's just something about Meds's like, his face just looks like a Roman, like, marble, like, bust <laughs> or something. It just like, yeah. he nothing. It yes. has this icy... Like t- like it's sort of eternal quality to it that like yes. just his, his little twitches and little suggestions are so perverse and deep like uh, it, he's incredible. There's a shot in season two where he's trying to I don't want to spoil it for Jack where he's slamming on a door to try to get in and he's throwing his entire giant body against the door like an animal. Yeah, terrifying. It's legitimately yeah, like really yeah. scary. Like Anthony Hopkins physically couldn't have done. No, that. no, he's like, like this he's little just... Welsh guy, like, <laughs> you know. Have any of y'all read any of the books? I've actually no. never read any Thomas Harris. No. Yeah, so I, I I read all the books, and I actually would recommend them. Like, it's like an elevated version of an airport thriller. Like, it is a little bit better than all the other ones, but Hannibal Lecter in the book is a lot closer to Anthony Hopkins. He's small. He's kind of squat. Yeah. Um, he's not He's not particularly attractive. And he. one other detail, he has six fingers on one of his hands. Really? Yes, wow. in the, in That's the novel. Yeah. But the books are, you know, pretty, pretty fun and good. Probably the most interesting change between the books and the films is that uh, Clarice is like not is like uh, like just basically food for Hannibal Lecter. He's they're not really like uh, competitive. He's not really in love with her. Like, yeah, no, mm. no. Okay. He yeah, like what he does to um, Agent Scully in the Hannibal series is basically oh, what he does oh, to Clarice. Yeah, 
in the in the book and mm-hmm. yeah and he wrote that and thomas harris wrote that part after the film version was released where jodie foster made you know um clarice you know this kind of feminist icon this really tough brash uh fbi icon and so the first thing he has you know clarice do in the sequel book uh, that he wrote um, is that he has her shoot a black woman um, while she's holding her baby, right? Uh, on, I like that on like the, TV. Uh, yeah, I remember the, the 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 absolutely terrible Ridley Scott film of Hannibal that that was very early on in the movie. Yeah, like they just kill some like yeah some yeah terrible. Yeah, so he was not a fan of uh, yeah. any kind of propaganda, I guess, yeah, right, okay. coming from his work. Shouts to a real one, Thomas Harris. <laughs> Wrote two oh. more, wrote another dog shit sequel for money, too. I, I love it. He deliberately made it bad, I think. <laughs> Fuller talked about if they could get the right. I think they had rights issues with MGM for the Clary Starling character, but he was talking about making her black in the Hannibal TV show if he ever got to that point or other stuff that he would experiment with it. Um, like, I don't know. This is probably like eight years ago when he was talking about this, but I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah, like, I mean, you could play with a lot, like, of, of her, like, of, of being always sort of an outsider, or, like, always mm-hmm. feeling eyes on her, or, like, not, like, you know, of the FBI, but not really, like, in it, you know? Yeah, they kind of just, uh, in the books, they made, just made her, like, white trash, I guess. <laughs> you know what I see with your, with your cheap, with your, with your good bag and your cheap shoes? I see a rube. Like this, these scenes that all the all the tropes of the serial killer hunter show shows that we've seen so many, they all mm-hmm. started with man. Like all yeah. of them are just mm-hmm. straight up from Manhunter, where you get all the cops together and then the FBI agent, you know, gets right. in front of them and just blows their fucking yeah hayseed <laughs> minds with his profile. <laughs> Well, that's what I liked about the uh, the other the the Netflix show uh, Mind Hunters. You know, they've mo- they've moved on from hunting men to hunting minds. <laughs> minds <laughs> but, but, like, what I liked about Mind Hunters is that like you know it's about like the creation of like uh, the FBI's like forensic psychology division. But like what I liked about the show is that it does do a, I think a subtle but pretty good job of showing that it's complete bullshit and that it, like it do- it hasn't actually caught anyone <laughs> and like. Like, like all of the worst serial killers got away with it for fucking years and only got caught because of, like, the dumbest possible mistakes. But, like, <laughs> yes. Especially, like, the first season of Mindhunter. Like, basically what it's about is the FBI learning about sex for the first time. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, yeah, like, uh, there's this thing called masturbation that people are compelled to do. And then, like, all the, like, uptight, like, teeth-grinding Ooh. psychos are just sort of like, I don't know, I've given you a long leash for this, but this is going too far. <laughs> I think this is the director's cut of Manhunter. Uh, a longer version. Yeah, I think the, this is maybe the yeah. I'm not sure. This was the one that available. This is what uh, okay. all the torrent sites had. Right, they excellent. had this. Well, link. then that's obviously I, the yeah. standard, correct one, of course. Version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the transfer on this scene looks a little different. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, I believe this is the director's cut. We have the extra four minutes. Well, Theatrical we... is 120. Director's, director's is 120. Yeah, and this you see, I think, the Tom Noonan has the, uh, like the, the Red Dragon tattoo. Mm. See, this looks really different right here. Yeah, it shot. is completely yeah. different. Yeah. 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 So we are watching as Michael Mann intended. Though. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, man, I feel like he is someone who just does not get the credit that he deserves just a workhorse honestly michael mann like just like cracks out hits like truly like a sort of like more i I don't know like an old time director or something like that like he's just like quietly like churning out bangers out there oh he's he's like he's absolutely no chair like he's he's untouchable like nobody makes movies that look like his stuff like Mm -hmm. it's just like like, I mean, look at, look, look at just the green, like, slats behind mm-hmm. these guys right now. I guess I never... I'm, like, looking through his more recent stuff. I'm like, I guess I never saw some of... The, I never saw, like, a Public Enemies. Mm, uh, not, uh, not although I like a Collateral. I like a Collateral. Oh, collateral uh, collateral's not bad. Collateral's uh, good, yeah. I like Miami Vice quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I, like, I remember liking Miami Vice. I was like, yeah, this is like the the local FBI guy who's like, yeah, uh, just sort of big dicking it by being like, oh, yeah, by the way, I heard Lecter uh, uh, gutted you. How are you feeling about that? (laughs) Thanks for bringing that up, buddy. Love the blinds reflected in his glasses. That looks so cool. The Insider is a really good Michael Mann. Oh, so underrated. It's so fucking underrated. I, I watched it recently and... There's a funny element to it, which is that it's like all about people like learning that cigarettes are like, you know, dangerous. And that is such like old information to us. that It's like it's funny to watch people being like, are you kidding me? And the executives like knew about this, that it's like hurting people now, like 20 years later. I'm like, well, we saw what happened from this information coming out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it, it is funny in retrospect because, you know, I remember growing up, you know, just being like inundated with like anti-tobacco, yeah. uh, you know, like learning and probably truth and all like, that you know, truth about how like, you know, oh, and the idea of like, oh, my God, like, the, you know, they knew the connection between in cancer and how addictive nicotine was, blah, blah, blah. And it's like if you compare that shit to like, I don't know what like Exxon knew about global warming in the 70s. It's, like, it's, just, it's, like, it's like a misdemeanor. It doesn't even seem like that bad. That, like, is, like, that is another element of it too is I'm like, man, yeah, like, I don't know. A lot of the companies were up to some bad shit. <laughs> they were. Okay, okay, here, okay, we got Stephen Lang is playing Freddie yeah. Lowndes here. Has there any actor who's had like a more like alpha glow up than this guy? Like, he's, like, he's like this little weasel in this movie. Know, right? of Avatar, he's this like fucking jacked oh old God. man. Like, yeah. he's, like, so good. Like how much fucking gear is he on, man? Or, like, you guys see Don't Breathe? Oh yeah, Jesus uh, Don't Christ. Breathe was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. He is fucking jacked. But like as he's hell. the least like uh, like intimidating individual imaginable here. But like it's something shifted in his career where like he only Man. plays just hard asses <laughs> now. I actually respect it. This is somebody who was like a bit player, and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna be a character actor. Like I'm the villain. I'm a character actor, and I'm gonna become a character actor. I love and respect a character actor. I love character actors so much. Mm-hmm. Did you see when he was campaigning to be uh, Cable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember mean, that. 
He would have been great. Yeah, he could have done it. Yeah, and that fucking dickhead who already has Thanos decided yeah, to do Chuck it. Yeah, Chuck Mullen's already <laughs> in like three other Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Marvel movies, I just recently been watching uh, the the X Men movies because like okay, uh, okay. I, I actually like I, I like them. I would say like they're, they're the closest, like probably like my favorite of the the Marvel movies. And man, it is so funny watching Hugh Jackman at the beginning of those movies versus like now, <laughs> like how much like he's like he has subtracted like fifteen years off his life to play Wolverine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just how many steroids? Like he looks tiny even in X Men Two, and yeah. like he is so fucking Diesel by Logan or the rest. Like, and and he's like in his fifties. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like. Huge Jackman, Jackman. Yeah, he so turns himself ripped. into huge Jackman. He's so ripped by Logan. Who else? Like that's like as far as the inconsequentiality of the role versus how much damage he did to himself. <laughs> it's it's probably liver, like some yeah. kind of record. <laughs> Even though I did love Logan, but damn. Yeah, Logan was good. Those X-Men's are pretty good, though, you know, despite, you know, it's like, well, there's Singer, but Singer is, makes a good movie. He yeah. does make uh, good movies. Uh, yeah, X2 and X-Men First Class I like a lot. They're, they're both very fun. Yeah, bad. X- X1, the first X-Men I like a lot, but it is like the the plot is too stupid. Like the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the villain's idea is like way too dumb. Yeah, but I'm like, no I guess sense. this came before any other superhero movie, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I can like be a little bit nice. Yeah, using the Statue of Liberty to make everyone into mutants is some silly shit. Like, it's not any sillier than like the bat, the plot of like the Riddler in Batman Forever or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Basically the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the same. I rewatched Batman Forever recently. And I like it. Yeah. It's cartoony in a way that is good. They play cartoon sound effects in that movie. <laughs> like that movie knows what it is. Like it's like it's it is a big cartoon, and I'm like I like Speed Racer and I like Batman Forever. That <laughs> I have to be consistent here. Is this another deleted scene? Yeah, this is a, a deleted yeah. scene. Yeah, you can tell shit. when it suddenly gets like mega blurry. Right. <laughs> it's like a work print all of a sudden. Yeah, as the, right. a, as the director intended, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so the jail in this is the High Museum of Art in Atlanta. Oh really? wow! Oh cool. Oh, yeah, cool. I don't know about like this shot, but when he's running around, when he runs out of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, here we here we got Brian Cox in the first ever um, screen portrayal of Hannibal Lecter, and what I like about this is like. This is the only version of Hannibal that's ever portrayed where it actually seems like he's in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, cause, like, in Silence of the Lambs, it's, like, a little right. weird. He has that, like, you know, sort of glass cubies in. And then, best of all, like, the second half of season three of Hannibal, for some reason, they just put him in, like, the most beautifully appointed office that he can't leave. <laughs> and it's just, like, this guy's killed, like, dozens of people. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? This is the least art museum look <laughs> yeah, jail yeah, of all yeah. the yeah. versions that he's been in. It's so funny. Yeah, you would think the others were all <laughs> that art museums or Apple stores. Now, Shannon, I, you you lit, so you're in Atlanta, right? So this film mm-hmm. is filmed partially, at least in, in Atlanta. Why does this movie look better than any of the other things that were filmed in Atlanta <laughs> starting around like the 2000s onward? Why does all of that look like garbage? Because all of it, like 90% of it is Avengers stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. There are some hotels that, like, the hotel in this, the Atlanta Marriott Marquis, is in, like, Hunger Games and some other movies. And it's the same hotel just, like, however many years later. I think people, location scouts, just walk into the Marriott and they're like, oh my God, because it looks really weird. 
But I don't know. Michael Mann actually cares about filmmaking. <laughs> it's like a, a Brian Cox's portrayal of Lecter is like um, it, it's interesting because he plays him like a little bit rougher. He plays him yeah. a little bit like a little bit mm. nastier, a little bit less refined. Like he still has the. The, the the sort of um, the, the the suggestion of uh, refinement and and culture, but he he does seem more like a guy who's like you know a prisoner, like like a dangerous criminal, rather yeah, right. than just sort of this like ultimate avatar of like sophistication and like above it all, like a sort of untouchable right. godlike figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like there's like it, and I and I find it appealing actually. There is like kind of an intensity and like desperation in Lecter that you don't see in these other yeah, ones where yeah, it's like exactly. he's like you know. The he's like the, the king devil. of prison. He's the king of prison, and he's yeah. got, it's yeah. all got like satin yeah, like, in his cell. <laughs> yeah, like he like like he's portrayed like as Hopkins, and then especially as as in the TV series, like he he is basically Satan. Like he's just like Lucifer incarnate, <laughs> and like he does like he does nothing that he's not in control right. of, or isn't part of some like master plan, or just something that he does to amuse himself. Whereas in this movie, like you're right, Jack, it's like what he does to Will here, like is out of a sense of like revenge mm-hmm. and desperation on his part like he mm-hmm. like he's not above being moved by like human concerns and listen i love hopkins portrayal and i love mads's portrayal too but there's something uh, uh about this portrayal that does strike me as a little more what like a real life intense murderer might be like you yeah. know what yeah. i mean the, no, he's like, he, like he's, compulsive this murderer most, this is the most human version of these yes. characters yes. You know? like the most like sort of realistic if they were like mm-hmm. real people He's the only version that isn't always in control. This is such a funny. You're right that this is such a funny idea of what like murder detectives do. <laughs> they just like let a murderer solve it for him. Yeah, like you're, you're, he's like ostensibly like the courier of photos. That's like what his job is here. <laughs> like it, it, you, like you pointing that out, Jack. Like that was like a new thing that this you know thing kind of invented. It's so it's so much a trope now like uh there's whole tv shows where like criminal minds does this like every fucking season the cool villain gets to come back to consult on the case for whatever reason very shy boy will (laughs) and i I like this like i mean like they they let him have like a couple books but not like a library and an art studio (laughs) yeah He's killed fifteen fucking people. Like, how, many, how much consideration is he going to get just because of how, just because he can still write articles for academic journals? Yeah. I love that delivery of it. Yeah, fantastic. Like it is such a gift that we have all of these lectors. Like you don't have to pick one; you can enjoy all of them. I love his framing of them in the same way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so, yeah. And his manipulation is a little bit more obvious in this one. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can can read his motivations much more clearly here. You want the scent? Smell yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
So good. Awesome. So yeah, this is a this this sequence here where he wrote. This Mm -hmm. is the what the Museum of Modern Art in Atlanta, Shannon. The High Museum of Art. High Museum. Okay. Oh, okay. Very cool. Look at that. It is awesome. Scouting that location. Oh, great. Yeah. Damn. They had a really cool outsider art exhibit last last year or the year before that I went to. Coincidentally, most outsider art just means done by a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had a whole Henry Darger <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, all that white. Like an asylum. Yeah, like it's just like, yeah, these mm. colors are so bright and like it's you, so you watch Songs of the Lambs and it's like it's it's the most like autumn toned movie yeah. ever. It is actually, you know, cool and interesting to do a hyper brightly lit, ostensibly horror movie. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like Midsommar too. Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't my favorite movie, but that cinematography was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the scene where he was meeting with Lecter there, like that is just mm-hmm. like bright white, almost like Neo getting the guns in the Matrix <laughs> level, like bright white. Wow. Press is the enemy of the people. <laughs> <laughs> I was always uh, it was, it was funny in, in the TV series, like they, you know, they uh, they they gender swap Freddie Lowndes, and they also let her live through the entire thing, yeah, mm-hmm. by switching her up, uh, like with the, her horrible fate to uh, uh, Doctor Chilton. Mm-hmm. And I fucking loved uh, what's his name, uh, who, uh, uh, Raul Esparza. Yeah, Raul Esparza. One of my favorite yeah. actors. Oh, he's so good. And he was so good as Chilton, but what I loved in Hannibal, the TV series, again, spoiler alert, sorry, Jack, it's the, it's, it is the funniest long shot joke over three, series, uh, over three seasons of that show that he is somehow still alive at the end of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you feel bad for him by the end of <laughs> yes, it. Yes, you do. So he doesn't even deserve this. No. Like, Fuller called him their Kenny. Yeah, oh, they just God, keep doing yeah. terrible things. And Rollis Barza plays it so well because he's so... Like he gets played by everyone, but he's yeah. such a jerk that it's like he kind of <sighs> deserves it. But no, I lo- oh my god, that performance and that character. God, I love the shit Heck Lecter does with the phone. This is like just straight up crook shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I imagine Mads Mickelson would have some kind of elaborate device to do that, not like a gum pack. Yeah. I love when he chews the gum here too. It's so good. <laughs> uh, Bloom was also gender. Yeah, swap. another gender. Yes, swap. yes. Again, even this, like him pulling something off, there is like a desperation kind of to it, yeah, and like a definitely. quickness, you know. He's sweating. Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) His face. He's... I like that she doesn't think anything's up. That's yeah. fine. 
Let's need the home address of an FBI agent real quick. <laughs> See, because I had this job in publishing, and I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would have given anyone's home address if someone thought that was an agent calling. I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know Brian Cox is actually, I think he's a pretty big lefty in real life, too. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Good. It's, uh, he, was, he grew up Scottish. You know, he grew up Catholic in Scotland, so he always had that kind of like, oh. that, that hatred of... Uh, you know, Anglo-Protestant <laughs> ruling class, you know? He's great. He's such a good actor. Good in everything. Oh, this is so funny, too. So you always get sat next to the worst person on an airplane, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is what it was like before everyone had, like, you know, Wi-Fi and their right. own personal movies. You just had to look at, like, fucking... <laughs> A photo. Photos of a butchered family. <laughs> and it's like, you know, his wife here, it's just like, with, with few exceptions, like, women just basically don't exist in the Michael Mann universe. Yeah. Or if, like, and they, they, they and, do only as just sort of, like, supplements or impediments to, to like, work. the man doing his job, you know? It's noir. It's, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's the kind of modern noir, like, you know, I guess 80s, 90s modern noir. But he definitely is a wife guy. And yeah. this is a movie about him being distracted from his from his duties as a wife guy by work. And which we, no, like, which would you choose you to be? be? Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't he notice who he was sitting next to on this plane? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is something Hannibal Graham would do from the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think yeah. about these gruesome pictures. Sorry about that. That's one way to get your own seat, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> No, like, like, no, this movie's about, yeah, like I said, his, his movies are about men at work. It's like you can either be a wife guy or a work guy, but you can't, like, you, when you try to combine the two, it leads to disaster. Yeah. Now, again, you know, spoilers uh, for the Hannibal series, but this Will Graham uh, does not make the choice uh, to live happily ever after <laughs> with Hannibal leaving his wife without any, you know, notification or goodbye and all his dogs, too. Um, oh. he, he does. Oh, that is so funny the way they just dispense with his wife and kid in season three. <laughs> yes. Uh, this gets this guy. This he wants to go back to them always. I mean, that's good music in this movie too. Yeah. I just imagine seeing that guy in my yard, <laughs> just being like, "Hello." Yeah, but he's so stylish. Can I help you? He's, Can I help you, sir? He's so stylish and intense, yeah. sir. I hope you. <laughs> that is a really cool ass suit. That'd be so hot. It's He's great. In yeah, it's supposed, I know. Yeah, it's supposed to be Alabama. Yeah. I'm in. Pull some sort of tweed style blazer. Yeah, it almost looks like velour or something. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. 
I bet they thought building that tire swing would be fun for their kids. <laughs> See, the Hugh, da- the Hugh Dancy Wilgram could not climb this road. No, no. He, have, he, he was a fit boy, but he didn't have the upper body strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he weighed about 90 pounds. I guess maybe it would be easier for him to climb it. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, I love this. I I love that how he does his, the mind hunting, and every you know procedural has different ways to do the mind hunting scene. This is like the first one, and he just kind of does a voiceover mix <laughs> and yeah, like self map self monologue. I mean, we saw examples of it uh, like like early on, like after like after he goes to the first crime scene, and he's like he's watching the video in his hotel room. And like this whole repeated use of like uh, like his his mind hunting technique, or like he's profiling him. You, you watch them all goddamn day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like it's thing about like about dreaming, <laughs> it's thing about dreaming and seeing and things like that, and also like watching videos. Like it's just like it's, again this very like sort of like meta like visual narrative about like movies themselves being like like the, the our sort of mind's eye, the way we experience our dreams, and then also like this. Like, yeah, like something very perverse about it, like the, this male gaze of like, you know, seeking out victims and like living out violent sexual fantasies through watching the, yeah. the film itself. Like, I think that he's playing with a lot of that in this movie. That's how I read it. Yeah. I think my favorite uh, version of mind hunting is David Lynch's that he does where, the, uh, where he does the ceremony. Agent Cooper goes out in, like, the fifth or sixth episode, and he goes out in the forest, and he, like... Oh, and they're throwing rocks yeah. at the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's Dr. Endearing. Chilton. This is, like, this is a... Uh, you get a little glimpse of Chilton's sort of yeah. um, uh, prissy uh, sleaziness here. No one can beat Esparza. As yeah. far as that character, I will not, like... Such a perfect little worm. Yeah. It was so weird, because on SVU, he plays a DA... Who's yeah. supposed to be like noble and shit, but he still like just comes across as a little worm too. He's also a Broadway star. He was in the I, run of I company. Saw him, that was really good. Yeah, I saw him uh, in in the stage version of uh, David Mamet's Speed the Plow with him, Jeremy Piven, and Elizabeth Moss. That was oh so God. bad. It was the one Jeremy <laughs> Piven like tried to get out of or quit like a week into its run by saying he had food poisoning or something. <laughs> Or, like, he did the Jordan Peterson thing. I think he said, like, he ate sushi and it gave him, like, some sort of iron, some sort of blood <laughs> disorder that it prevented him from continuing to do the play. And then I think, like, I remember reading that, like, after they replaced him with William H. Macy, like, the first night, Esparza addressed the audience and apologized to them for how bad it fucking was before it. <laughs> but Esparza was great, but, like, Piven and Elizabeth Moss on Broadway where it was, ooh, not good. Wow. I like Correct. that he checks his mentions. He's a he's mad about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's mad about my mentions. He's guy. name searching. Yeah, he name searches. Those plants just in the corners, little green. 
See, this is what Crawford does. He has no insight into any, like, investigating any crime. He just tells people to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a manager. It. He's an executive. Yeah, he's, just, he's just a manager. He's like. an overseer. He's an executive. He yeah. knows what needs to get done, and he knows how to tell people to do it. So, favorite Jack Crawford, Dennis Farina, or... Uh, I mean, I like Scott Glenn from Silence of the Lambs. Okay. I'd have to rewatch Silence of the Lambs. I haven't seen it in a while. I do love it's Lawrence very, it's, it's extremely good. When he fist fights Hannibal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a few times. Yeah. I, I gotta go with... Um, Fishburn, Larry Fishburn. I, gotta go with I, good, old, good old Larry Fishburn. I mean, because he, he doesn't do, like, the weird... He's just, like... He's just so like I just love that fight that is so so he he is fucking Morpheus when he needs <laughs> to be. and it's just so cool. Uh, yeah, and it's because like like Hannibal beats him one time, and then I, I love when Jack gets like a second chance and just beats the shit yes. out of him. And that like, in Florence, in that ancient like beautiful, uh, beautifully appointed, he, he he ruins like probably several dozen <laughs> yeah. like priceless antiques of. <laughs> medieval italian renaissance like torture devices or whatever but then when he finally gets to that like the, the cannibal's so unfazed by it like he just uses it as an example to just crack a joke about his dead wife <laughs> it's so perfect like it's so nasty oh i love it just all, all the specifics all the, all the technical technical details of investigations I do always like a Dennis Farina, though. I, oh, I do like a Dennis Farina, another kind of character actor yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He also did a stint on uh, Law and Order. And Lawrence Fishburne did a stint on CSI. I think replacing oh, yeah. Bill Peterson. Yeah, he did. He was actually really bad in uh, CSI. He was. I, <laughs> they made him like be. They wanted him to be like nerdier than this oh, guy. No. They wanted him to be oh, like no. kind of. Nebbish and oh, I'm not used to being out in the field for some reason. I I didn't get it. Overhead projector. Oh, it's like it is kind of like an overhead projector with like a direct feed. <laughs> Into like fifteen TVs. Yeah. <laughs> These are the the, the tech guys. The mm-hmm. lab geeks, the first the ever. <laughs> Will stay. Yeah, and like they, I like like a, uh, in the Hannibal the TV series, like in the first season, like they really do. It starts out like a like a typical kind of case of the week show, and they really play up like Scott Thompson and that other guy is like the sort of yeah, like the lab geeks and comic relief. But I also like how they completely go away as the show yeah. morphs <laughs> into something else entirely. And they just kind of, they just kind of duck in to say, "Hey, we're nobody's killed us yet." Like every three or four episodes, and that's about it. Yeah. 
And they did. I think they. Or go ahead. No, go ahead. They kind of had to prove to NBC that they could like have a show and had the procedural for the first season. I think it was kind of deliberate on Brian Fuller's part. Mm-hmm. And then once it like, yeah. worked, then he was able to, that's why you got to see the other two seasons, Jack, because it just goes completely off the rails. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I kind of, you know, honestly, the, the, the killer of the week, like soured me on it a little bit. So I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that yeah. it does get oh, a little it does more. Not, yeah. Uh, it gets, it's totally yeah. trash. It was, a little, <laughs> it was a little small villain in that first season, even though <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is gorgeous and well acted. And like, actually it's like very cool. I kind of just fell off kind of for that reason. I well, guess. yeah. Cause like you're, you're straight jacketed by the, the, the sort of the killer of the week thing, especially yeah. if it's about serial killers, like I should like criminal minds or whatever. It's just like, it, it just breaks all credulity. Cause it just, yes. like, they think it's like, Oh, Chris Elliott here is cameo by Chris. Elliott. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Great. Um, um, but like, yeah, it just strains credulity. Cause like they, they, they want you to inhabit a universe in which like at any given moment in America, there are like 300 serial killers yeah. working full time. And, and also like, and also like, you know, artist serial killers. Oh, like, yeah, who, who artists. Have the time and, and like freedom to construct like some some Cristo like uh, installation involving three hundred yeah. dead bodies. Yeah. What's, there what's is kind the of signature? an alternate universe feel to it in yeah, like yeah. the like it seems like this is a universe where people are more likely to be um you know artistic murderers. Yeah. yeah well I mean that's what I liked about Hannibal is like as the show goes on, I, I, I really appreciated that they abandoned any pretense to realism and just went oh, full on like operatic like just art film like like not even trying to portray a universe or like an fbi that's anything close to reality So, Jack, you mentioned how, like, there's in the Serial Killer of the Week shows that has to be, like, 700 serial killers in America. But have you, there's actually, they're doing some research that, and for for now, it suggests that, like, serial killers are basically out of fashion now. Like It's, yeah, it's, dude, it's weird. Like, the, the serial killer, both as, like, a, a, a thing that happens and, and in American imagination has, like, gone away almost completely. Yeah. And it just seems like they've been replaced by, like, the, the, the spree killer. Yeah, like, right. That's what I wondered. Like, are yeah. people who would have been serial killers now deciding, or, like, subconsciously, whatever, to just get a gun and go to a mall or whatever it is really really strange that like there, that there's like a stylish way to be a mass murderer for every like generation it's like there was the generation that liked to do little tricks and play games with or the, the Albert police fish writing little letters and yeah stuff. and the funny thing is if it is true that it is generational then the entire like foundation of like this criminal behavior shit is completely yeah, yeah. fucking phony because <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't yeah, make it because they're because they'll tell you like oh someone becomes a mass shooter for x y and z psychological reasons somebody becomes a serial killer for this that and reason but if it's just more like a fad sort of thing depending on the they spirit of the clout. time yeah who knows what zoomer <laughs> killers will even be oh, like no. yeah we probably can't even, oh, we can't even imagine it like I said, like the thing with the thing with like the Mindhunters TV show, like it's the FBI learning about sex. Like it's all based on the idea that like essentially like all serial killers are working out some like pathological sexual fetish, which is I guess like you know not untrue, but like it seems like sex as a motivation is completely 
drained out of like the mass shooter profile. I mean, there's it's the, probably because like, zoomers are just like you know not have, they don't care about sex. Anymore. If there if there's sex in the in the in the new mass shooter, it's like not having sex. Yeah, it's like yeah. the inso- It's like the it's like the I have never had sex. You yeah. know, uh, uh, sadly, you know. There are Chad and Virgin serial killers. To be totally honest with you, the Chad serial killer sends letters to the uh, newspaper. The Virgin is it actually a Virgin? <laughs> yeah, making moves. <laughs> so you know, in this sh- in this manner, I have to say. That even though it's like all 100% men, um, the emotional intelligence of all the men around Will is a little bit higher than the average emotional intelligence <laughs> in Hannibal, where they gender swapped mm-hmm. a lot of the characters. Like all, in Hannibal, the characters all like, um, yeah, I think Will is breaking apart, but like Jack said, he's taking care of it. So like, I don't need <laughs> to fine. worry about it's it. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, that is also funny. The way they like in, in Hannibal, the way they just keep they keep letting Will like completely lose his mind and like fuck up a crime scene, and then they're just like, "No, it's okay." <laughs> like, like, just he needs a, he needs a, he needs a second to himself. You know. I like yeah. This is also like basically this is the FBI mind hunting manual over there. Like if all else fails, just um like just call him gay. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's Taco if you want to see Taco. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> hey, buddy. Aw, sweetie. <laughs> Snappy answers to stupid questions. Yeah, it's so interesting how they use this in the Hannibal. Yeah, they show. completely reverse this. Yeah, Will like straight up murders a Freddy. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Look at that tie, that fucking square in. That pose. Yeah, read a fucking book, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are Uh-oh. in the deleted blurry. Yeah. That's that's showing him uh, not wanting to see his wife. I guess uh, the studio didn't like that. Like, no, you need yeah. to make it very clear that Will is very horny for his wife. Don't like. <laughs> Deny that anyway. Just 
just geeking out on this on this on this gun nerdery. <laughs> yes. I like the little zoom, just the, right <laughs> on the bullets. Like, oh yeah, this is the good shit. There's the intimacy. Look at him. Like, bros got to take care of each other in this universe. FBI pursues pervert. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, uh, the onion cartoonist Kelly, like, sickos. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> He's looking in the window. <laughs> looking good. Yeah, like he's like, uh, like taking time out of the case to like keep having sex yeah. with his wife, you know, <laughs> keep, the, keep the keep the relationship alive. It's very important when you're hunting hunting sickos that you don't become one. Yes, and ever yes. ever masturbate, like not even <laughs> yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm in a hotel by myself all hours at a time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Another big trope in Michael Mann movies is like women who are too interested in what their what their husband or, or lover like does, you know, like Al Pacino and Heat, where he's like, "I told you, baby, when we first took up, you were gonna have to share me with all the bad things in the world." And he's like, "What am I supposed to do? Come home and there's this junkie who just cooked his baby in a microwave. Let's share that, honey." And like in Thief too, you know, it's just it's just don't ask me about my work. Like that's just like it's the it's the Michael Mann masculine <laughs> mindset. She's asking the most like basic questions. <laughs> just like curious. Yeah, the TV series made uh, Will's wife a lot more like helpful and understanding as opposed to like yeah. the uh, a little bit more. I think a lot of things would have made her more like a nag of some sort mm-hmm. but they they really i don't think they really did it in the book either if i'm remembering correctly she was also more pushing will to do it i think in the book oh these scents this is a very romantic movie too like it is kind of a, a romance like it's a love story is like the center of this which is true for the Hannibal series too. I oh yeah, certified wife guy here. <laughs> but Will and Hannibal never get a scene like this in the show. Sorry, for... maybe if they ever get picked back up again. Yes. <laughs> oh, this looks badass. Yeah, so so tight. Like this is right after he's made love to his wife another time. Then he's like, "Okay, I'm just uh, I'm going out for a walk, honey. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Be back in a little bit, maybe. Ha ha. Just uh, making myself a target for a serial killer. That same shade of green. I love the way that it's used in this movie. Like we talk about how bright most of this movie is, but like. 
man oh, yeah. knows how knows how to do like night knows how night. to shoot in f- nighttime mm-hmm. man like the uh the used car lot and thief man uh just like so just so, so beautiful yeah he was like trying to like invent cameras digital cameras to shoot at yeah. night for miami vice i love when directors become inventors I love a James Cameron. I like when yeah, yeah. I like when directing leads you to like, well, I must craft something a, a bathysphere. <laughs> when, Stanley, when, when Stanley Kubrick stole that camera lens from NASA to shoot yeah, the, the, the candlelit scenes in Barry Lyndon. <laughs> oh man, Barry Lyndon. Oh. That's a, that's a uh, underrespected Kubrick, I think, actually. Very funny. Oh, Barry Lyndon one. is so funny. Very funny movie. Yeah, so fu- you're right. Barry Lyndon. I've talked about. I, I, Barry Lyndon reminds me a lot of um, like Jody Hill, Eastbound and Down kind it's, of like stuff. Like he's a buffoon. Yeah, he's just a buffoon. <laughs> it's a super uh, funny movie. Uh, real quick here, uh, super unrealistic part of this movie that like the DC police and FBI don't just arrest or kill this random <laughs> yeah. black. Yeah, yeah. like he wouldn't have made it yeah, out. He sees that he's black, and then he's like, "Oh, don't shoot wow. him. He's the black <laughs> guy." Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Stop! <laughs> but then you realize the black guy is actually like a bougie ass DC yuppie, so you don't feel sorry <laughs> for him. <laughs> a senator. Yes. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Poor Freddy. Was it cut the ginger in Hannibal? <laughs> and in this scene in Hannibal, Chilton is completely nude and glued to the chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another very sort of just like chillingly real seeming murderer here. Yeah. Is that a maxi pad he has over his eyes? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think so. I don't know, but uh, but Jack, back to your what you said about Barry Lyndon. Like I I've never thought of it that way. Like that it is like a, a Danny Mc it's like a like a eighteenth century version of like it a is. Danny McBride Joni Jody Hill character, and you're you're totally right. That's I, it's wow, so I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while. <laughs> and Freddie Lowndes, of course, in uh, Red Dragon is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman, yes. Okay, so we got here, um, we got Tom Noonan here as uh, as Francis Dollarhide, uh, the, the, the Red Dragon, a.k.a. the Tooth Fairy. Um, yeah, oh, man. Oh, like, Jesus oh, Christ. Just, so a good. guy who's great at <laughs> just playing, like, scary-looking people man. in, like, a kind of understated way, but... Uh, do you know the uh, the coolest trivia about the life of Tom Noonan, like, about who his college freshman roommate at Yale was? No, no. who's that? You never heard of this? No. I don't think so. Ben Carson. <laughs> <laughs> they were freshman roommates at Yale together. Wow, that's so funny. I wonder where. I wonder if there's any taste of Carson in this character. <laughs> I wonder if he if he thought back on his uh, his old roommate. Yeah, there's an interview with him. You can look it up where he talks about it, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, we weren't really friends or anything. It was just like, the only thing you remembered about, about Ben is that he, like, just woke up every morning at, like, 5 o'clock, put on a suit immediately, and just started doing homework. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I 
uh, Tom Newton, an excellent villain here, but I also loved him in the last action hero. As yeah, the, last action as hero. The Reaper. Oh, this this is really good. I like that his voice is soft in this. Yeah, yeah, he's not like overplaying it at all. Like, like Ray finds like the, you know goes the the other direction when you know he's good, but like that movie is stupid. Here is re- is really good in this in this version of it. It's just so quiet and mm-hmm. intimate. The other the other ones tend to go a little bit loud. Just like a never-ending yeah. shot. I love yeah. how long, scary, no faces. Yo, God. What do you think of Dollar High's apartment? Pretty it dope. Is. <laughs> yeah, it's got like sort it's of a, it's got sort of a space theme to it. Mm-hmm. Man. You're right. There's like there's a really terrible intimacy in that scene. Yeah, it's, it's very soft and yeah, like no scoring. It's a very yeah. quiet, very quiet scene. I love the sound. <laughs> the sound starts yeah. first. <laughs> His expression. <laughs> Jesus! Uh, yeah, so imagine, imagine doing that and not getting caught immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Just dumping a guy in a wheelchair on fire out of your van or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was early enough in the morning, but yeah, that is one thing that you know stretches credulity 
in the Hannibal series, like he has so much time to do yeah. like his body art. Like there's one, the one yep. where he brings like a fucking tree to like the parking lot of a yeah, Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the judge, which is like, isn't it like in Cor- the courthouse? It's in the courthouse. <laughs> in the courthouse. Um, in the Norman Chapel in Palermo, like making a human origami and just sticking it in there, like. I, I can only imagine your first time watching it. You were like, for sure, this wife and child are about to get murdered. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. about to get splatted on screen. <laughs> yeah. I love the language of the note, too. Um, like, uh, save yourself, kill them all. Very simple and to the point. Yeah. Oh, the shrimp. Blue again. <laughs> it's just it's just me, a guy with a shotgun. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid. Look, he hasn't even put the shotgun away. Yeah. He's like pointing it at her. <laughs> Like, let's get some muzzle discipline, dude. Come on. Like, yeah, like, in this version, his wife basically, like, doesn't want him to go back and investigate this case because she knows it will, you know, invariably lead to some outcome like this. But in the TV show, Will's wife, like, totally encourages yeah. him to do it. And then, like, him and her, her her and her child almost get killed by, like, the Red Dragon actually does make it to their house. And then he leaves her for Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, and then he just bounces. He just goes to her. Yeah. I'm going to be real. I forgot he had a wife. I just around. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, a, there's nothing wrong with the character, but. But they deli- they literally cast her to be, like, as normal and real, like, a real person in this, like, mm-hmm. this fucking gothic horror world. And I really like the character, but, yeah, like, you forget that she exists, uh, as at the most convenient time possible, so you can get the happy ending of Will and Hannibal. (laughs) 
some amazing brands in this shot here. I, I love the, the framing here Whoops, with all of these real products. Yeah. <laughs> grits. Fruit and fiber. Grape nuts, yeah. This oh, is... Mr. T cereal right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a fucking time capsule. I always like when brands show up in movies in artful ways because it gives you a sense of, like, this is, the, like, a real world because, like... Mm -hmm. It's when, when they're sort of excluded or, like, it might seem crass or something. It, it gives a sense of unreality because, like, the texture of so much of our everyday life is just so papered with all this bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. all these different... Oh, those snack packs, man? I used to love those as a kid, man. It is also, you know, it's like There'd a be, wait. like, two good cereals and then five really trash I feel like you fight your brother or sister to get that one little Fruit Loops or Golden Grams or something, yeah. and then you'd have, like... Yeah. You, can, you can't... Like you know, portray a contemporaneous America without putting some logos in for real. Yeah. Like it kind of helps place it in the right era too. Like yeah. you're like, oh, this is really the '90s. Like look at the but logos. But also, like most of these, most of these brands, like the box looks a little different. But all these shit, all these shit still exists. Oh if yeah, you walk around most mm -hmm. supermarkets. Yeah, Body or drop bodies. shadow on the logos. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, he'll tell his yeah, son know, about right? it. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, his exactly. Son's a small man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah son's a small man. <laughs> listen, listen, son, you're gonna have to be doing hard work someday too. too. Yeah. Uh. You're just like blocking the aisle yeah, to too. relay his story of. Uh, the time he was almost murdered well, by a serial killer. You know, back in the 90s, the aisles were wider. <laughs> the aisles were wider back then. Folks, folks, we're going to make the aisles. They're too narrow. They are too narrow. I get trapped in the aisles. <laughs> we're good. Tricks cereal. Very good. Count Chocula. Lucky Charms. Booberry. Do, do they still yeah. have, I don't think they still have Booberry and Count Chocula. They do it seasonally. Yeah. Or in the past few mm. years, they have. And, uh, what is it? It's like a Frankenstein fruit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a strawberry one. Frankenberry, yeah. Frankenberry. Country cornflakes. I don't recognize that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I think I've never seen that. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's the difference in that and regular cornflakes? Just instead, as opposed to Kellogg's, I assume it's a country. <laughs> All right, no, no. Uh, let's see the coffee here. Because you like that Folger stuff, right? Okay, th this is the time capsule element of this scene here. Is because like until about I don't know 1999, I think there was not a single good grain of coffee available in America. Yeah, it's all the plastic jugs filled with like pre-ground coffee. Yeah, that does set us in a in a time period. That was tin back then. Well, at least Folgers was. I remember it was like a tin can. My dad would buy like the biggest ones and go through it. Like he would drink coffee every fucking day. This was just you know a different time in America where like. A uh, family of you know three or four can live on the salary of catching uh, that you get from catching like one serial killer every three years. <laughs> <laughs> like you get like a you get a nice house, you get a beach house too for like 
Yeah, it's like does being a does being an FBI like mind hunter like how often are you really working? It's like what I wonder about firefighters is just like hmm, what are they doing most of the time? There's not that many fires to fight, you know. They're just kinda of hanging out most of the time, eating chili. He's like, No, I want it to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Women don't yeah, if understand. you were a man, you would just, understand. Women just want murderers to continue. <laughs> they don't want to care. And Brian Fuller saw the scene and was like, you know what? The wife is actually going to be one to tell them to do it. <laughs> They're not putting this shit on me. <laughs> also, another time castle, everybody in America smoked until Michael Mann's The Insider came out and we learned yeah. that tobacco was bad for you. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> The old ball and chain. Imagine having a husband who got cut up like that. Yeah. And then seeing in the paper that he was talking to Lecter and you're like, are you okay? And he's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to Georgia. <laughs> Go see your dad. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you get out of my hair for a little bit? Wonderful score. Okay, classic, classic addressing the killer, looking at himself, <laughs> monologue here. Wow. <laughs> the vibes. This is what I imagine myself like every time I look out a window at night. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is all I'm yes. thinking of. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> It's another woman annoying me. <laughs> yeah, turn, look. Oh, so intense. So intense. Just you and me now, sport. Oh, man. God damn it. So good. You came after me. You came after my family. And now we really get to meet Dollar Hyde. Yeah, and like, uh, okay, so like uh, uh, this movie and I like guess book um, really does a lot. Again, like talk about a time capsule thing. This idea that like uh, any if you've ever like you know taken family photos, like you'd have to send them to go get developed, which meant there would be like some fucking creep or <laughs> random looking at whatever whatever you shot. You know, like whereas now we all take it for granted that you know we can take a picture of our penis whenever yeah. we want without anyone else <laughs> but the intended, you know, person looking at it. But, like, yeah, everyone who developed film was was a serial killer, probably. I love his wardrobe with the blue line. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, he's so got... Cool. Oh, Dollar Hyde's yeah. got some fits in this. Got those, <laughs> those printed, uh, yeah, like, the, the print shirts that he's wearing. I love that yeah. shirt. What would be even be Dollar Hyde's job in, like, the... Uh, the the future the black re- the yeah. black reboot of <laughs> oh he'd be one of those like uh, like like Facebook moderators that just deletes mm-hmm. like like uh, pornography oh yeah Facebook that's the only equivalent yeah. that gets traumatized and they can only <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah I think yeah. I think it's funny that like as the years go on like his job gets more traumatizing because he starts out yeah, yeah it gets yeah. worse and worse <laughs> yeah. 
That's his serial killer backstory. No, like, I mean, this is like a real skill that he's like, you know, he knows a lot about film and developing film and stuff like that. And like, now he'd just be like a digital gardener <laughs> for Google yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Good excuse. He's like, this guy's a typical 80s guy who's like, I gotta fly, baby. (laughs) I'm out of here. I got my skinny tie. If someone's like, he can drive you home, I'd be like, no, I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) I'll walk. I'm good. I'm good. I've always like I like this character in all the portrayals. She's really like interesting and smart and kind and sexy and cool. Joan Allen in yeah. this version. Joan Allen, a former next door neighbor to my parents. Mm. Mm, yeah. Played by Emily Watson in in Red Dragon, and uh, who's the name of the actress on Hannibal? She was in True Blood. She was Sookie's best friend. Yeah, in True Blood. yeah, yeah. She's really good. At it. Sort of. Tina Wesley. Yeah. Okay, now th- th- this scene coming up here, right? This is this is this is Francis Dollarhide. Like it's like it's super creepy. Everyone like you know he's a serial killer, and it's this like blind woman he's taking on a date. I have I could never in a billion years come up with a first date that is as good or as like low key erotic as yeah. taking a blind woman to go feel a tiger. Like a huge credit for him. How like how, pulling this out of the bag? I mean. How impressed would you be on a first date with anyone where you're like, I got a surprise for you. You're going to go, you can go hang out with a tiger that's like (laughs) under heavy sedation. Fucking Eddie, that's cool. And this is a real tiger too. I mean, incredible. It's just incredible to see. And it's just like, it's so like low-key erotic too. Well, the music definitely helps. (laughs) (laughs) And the way that it's shot. Oh man, look at those. Wow. 
No, this is this is the best first date ever portrayed in in any art or yeah, film. And we get to enjoy it alongside too vicariously because I've never seen the tiger like that quite like that before either. Yeah. That freaked me out a little bit. I'd, I'd won a lot of assurances it really was um, under quite a bit <laughs> of sedation. Yeah. We'll have to ask Emma if the tiger is treated humanely here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably she, she, not. I don't want Emma to get mad at us. <laughs> yeah. This is like this interesting moment of sweetness centered around this wild animal that could just rip you limb from limb is, <laughs> which is of course the perfect metaphor for this relationship yeah, between yeah. Uh, Francis and her. Mm What is this shirt he's wearing? <laughs> I know it's like casual <laughs> wear. Is, is, it, yeah. is it laundry day or something? <laughs> like, this guy has been dressed like, uh, like, like actually like steampunk Satan for the entire movie <laughs> or something. And uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. And I have to say, you know, I think William Blake owes a little bit of thanks and gratitude to Thomas Harris. Like he's moved a lot of products <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, because of his inclusion. <laughs> oh, yeah, in his work. Definitely. Like his apartment is just really nice and clean and laid out. There's nothing mm -hmm. disorganized about it. Oh, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, so God. fucked up because he's blind. Yeah, like... Man, the... The eight, the, the like super eight home video footage is like really, really effective. Yeah. And this is like, this is what movies do to you. Yeah. <laughs> they make you horny in a very yeah. bad way. I love the editing choices here, too.
I'm surprised he doesn't push her off and just says, like, I kind of got my own thing going on right now. Like, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Women, am I right? Yes. God. I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> So everything is like galaxy themed in his house. Song choice is so good when he drops the uh, lyrical songs. The one yeah, that yeah. is pretty great as well. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> what so do creep. I do? Yeah, he's so mantis. afraid. Yeah. yeah. Like the movie really, like this movie does really kind of like it. It, it does make you feel bad for Francis uh, yeah. in a way, yeah. really like, or mm-hmm. it just it, it, well, she like like the line like this is a very shy boy. Will like, unlike for instance like Buffalo Bill or or any other killers who are just you know, pr- just kind of just straight monsters or like deviants. Like there's something like very you see how damaged he is as a person, like or just sort of like his this, I suppose his sensitive side or something. But like mm-hmm. you you feel intensely this this like um this longing not to kill people i guess or like to to connect with another person or something like he's not just purely terrifying although he is yeah. as well so that's that's what i like about this performance it's like like i said that that softness that quietness that line about like i said yeah this is a very shy boy He's still so weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love that this movie like kind of introduces you to the killer at an hour yeah. in. Like we yeah, do not see yeah. this actor before an hour in, which is wild to begin with. And then we like live with him for such a long time. And like like you're saying, like, not even in like the most hyper ominous scenes. Like, it's such an interesting movie. And you could easily d- cut it up where it was more like evenly spaced where you see him much earlier and you see these scenes much earlier. But I do like the shift where it's like a two part, you know, movie and they think uh, come together at the end. but see the problem is dollar high is getting distracted from his work and as a man yes yes (laughs) he needs to get back on the ball
another amazing like glow and like sun 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 drenching yeah. here. I'm sure they had like a 15 minute window to shoot that. Yeah, day. oh my god. I can't imagine. Just miss the days when you could go outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous. How alien. Aw. He just it's, hugs her. Yeah. Pre COVID, you could just go with a stranger to feel a tiger and then have sex with them and not worry <laughs> about any of it, even if they are a serial killer. Just like we figured out, he has a van. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Six months into the investigation. <laughs> Talk to hot singles in your prisons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like it's like a like like girls chat where you're on your bed like with your legs kicked up you know just like doing his nails doing your nails yeah, yeah. how's Freddy Uh, Leslie, does Garrett Jacob Hobbs figure in the book Red Dragon a lot? Do they describe it, just him? As the, uh, in just like detail? this. Just as that, like it's just another guy that he caught yes. and killed. That's terrific. Hannibal was an early new atheist. <laughs> Yeah, I re- you know, I really wish we could have seen that Hannibal and Hitchens tour, but then Hitchens got sick. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, if he's in Atlanta, I think that's the Sundial restaurant behind Will. I'm, like, trying to Google it. It's this whole area of downtown that looks kind of like a Sundial. I like in this one, Will just is really, like, annoyed by Lecter, mostly. <laughs> yeah. This guy... He doesn't want to talk to him for, like, a second longer than he needs to, which is, again, realistic.
Look, I hate to be judgmental, but looking at kind of that like mantle and interior decoration, I kind of feel less sorry for the family now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So creepy. Oh, so wow. Good. So fucking creepy. That's like out of um, God. What's the second Michael Mann movie that is so fucking weird? The 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 keep. Oh, the that's keep. like out of yeah, the keep. Yeah. <laughs> He's kept that technique in his back pocket. I kind of like the keep, but it is very weird. <laughs> I actually love the keep as a second movie for Michael Mann, where he's like, you know what? Let's make like a big sci-fi thing. And then he's like, okay, back to hyper-realistic police (laughs) stuff. Damn, that's what happens. Strong as I am. Like he's already listened to the like, like the, this. I mean, like really like intense acting here yeah. by Noonan, like the, the the heartbreak and agony and just sort of like terror in his face. I like the little the effect with the show. It like you know, like this is what he's yeah. seeing. I mean, they're making her look like the woman in the Blake uh, the Blake yeah. drawing. The rise and fall of that relationship happens a lot faster in this movie than the other things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like he does the classic Tony Montana move uh, where Tony Montana shoots his best friend because he's just fucking his sister as opposed to being married. I'm going back. Father, forgive me. I'm going back to the old me. (laughs) 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 All right. This is my favorite scene in the movie here. Great shot. When like when like this montage of just like like or not montage, like this monologue of just Will figuring it out and like going toe to toe with asshole Jack Crawford. (laughs)
<laughs> Lecter got bars. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. One does as God does. Yeah, of course. Oh, we got some bonus stuff here. Bonus, bonus feature. And like he gets all this because he's watching TV, like he's watching a film, just like Dollar Hyde. It's like this repeated motif of like watching film and video. That's why I own this movie on DVD, so I can watch <laughs> it over and over and over again. <laughs> He's so pissed off. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to know what he's using? Don't you have a whole lab team to figure this shit out? I like the printout from the computers. <laughs> the the mm -hmm. computer runs. That... Oh, yeah, I love this. Where he puts Jack in this place in a way Will Graham and Hugh Dancy never does. Yes. Well. Yes. Go as late as I want to take it. Yeah. And Jack Salt. See, this is just an example of something like re a really cool idea drifting down and becoming horrible. So Will Graham is supposed to be special, a one-of-a-kind genius, but every single cop and detective and every single like CSI, Law and Order, etc., is exactly as like intuitive as Will now. They all can just look at the videotape and figure it out, the MO and all that shit. Yeah, shut up. Don't you, my man?
Hmm. Back to some work print stuff. I just got to put in repeated lines that I guess were cut for time. Yeah. Such so odd choices. He's like, I have to have yeah. this. <laughs> I, yeah, it in. is funny that uh, man is like, I always wanted the repeat. <laughs> <back in. Yeah. laughs> it always annoyed me. Because at, at so far at this point, it's, it, to me, it's like, why even bother doing the director's cut? But it's like he actually took the mm-hmm. time. And for some reason, these little... Things. Listen, I love I love a mm-hmm. weird nitpicky yeah, director's it's funny. cut. It's I mean, I like it's I like a, I like a Blade yeah, Runner big change too. But I also like I love a director that's just like I want five seconds back <laughs> in. I need the five seconds back. Yeah. I get it. I'm like that too. <laughs> also, like if you're editing a movie and someone's like, "We need to lose that," and you're like, "I disagree," that sticks with you forever. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. still like sketch comedy that I'm like, "That was bullshit." Actually, <laughs> they made me like trim that part. Like. <laughs> Again, uh, 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 this is me. Yeah. This is me when I'm yeah. out of the window. This is all I think about. This is what I think about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like a, a, a an electric guitar, like just blaring yeah. as a man is like looking out the window, working as hard as he can work. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. This is... This is me after I fire off a great post. <laughs> I, I know what's coming. Just set your phone down gently. And yeah. Turn. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Back to our sort of the actual like the love story of this movie. Uh, uh, like, since Hannibal and Will aren't really that close in this one, <laughs> this is right. the love story. It is. I think it is a bit sadder in Red Dragon and the series because you see the relationship just go on longer, and you see that Dollar High mm-hmm. actually is kind of like a good guy aside from the serial killing. <laughs> this one is just like a like immediately uh, flips on a switch. It just gets jealous like the same like the yeah. next day. <laughs> I agree with her. This song kind of does suck. <laughs> So scary in a different way. Have y'all seen Wait Until Dark? I think it's called the Audrey Hepburn where she's blind and the uh, Alan Arkin is like in her house trying to kill her. It's really good.
I wonder, did this did this blow people's fucking minds, phones on the airplane in 1986? <laughs> I think there's a fax machine at one point. All right, so here we got Frankie Faison, who is in both Silence of the Lambs yeah. and Hannibal as the orderly at the uh, Baltimore Psychiatric Institute. I always liked that Hannibal was nice to that character. And then fucking Clarice comes back and, like, takes the money that he made off of selling the, selling the selling mask. Stuff yeah, yeah. Him. Fucking cop-ass move. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's him. Look how fucking creepy he looks. <laughs> the data facts. Fast. It'll be downloading for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. So good. Oh, I love the facts. <laughs> the facts the looks good. Facts. The color yeah, facts that. looks very good. That is the bleeding edge right there. The yeah. color facts. Only the FBI had that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was stolen from uh, alien UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> it was reverse engineered from the Roswell crash. <laughs> Michael Mann loves airplanes too. Oh, like yeah. the, the yeah. great scene of Miami Vice where like they're flying the two planes next to each other for, like to make one radar signature. Yeah. And then they just drop off to fly below the radar like uh level. It was a great shot of being on a, a jet in uh, the insider too. Like the Mississippi like uh attorney general. They're talking to him on the phone. Great shot. I love the speed into the car. I love the speed from no the plane, plane no to the to car. It's so good. You could not do that any faster. Ooh. That's a great shot. Well, what do you think of In a God of the Vida? I mean, it's not a song I would listen to, like, you know, on my own. But as far as um, in this scene, oh, in this, in this scene, movie, it's movie, fucking yeah. great. Awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, those chairs. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, you're absolutely right about his breakfast nook. It's pretty incredible stuff. It's beautiful. <laughs> so fuck, so tense. Yeah. Jesus. In the house. People keep talking back to Will. <laughs> First women, now it's his co-workers. You you don't need said no FBI guy ever. <laughs> yeah, 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 ever. <laughs> Dude, just leave the gun in the car. It's fine. It'll probably be okay. Dude, I got these sweet dumb dumb yeah. bullets. I'm gonna fucking use them. <laughs> the dumb dums. Oh, 
Dumbass cops. Oh, I drove into a ditch. Uh oh. I love that that happens. <laughs> These are <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> They've driven into another ditch a little further down the road. <laughs> God, this is so good. This is how you hunt a man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back in the forest in a full suit. <laughs> this is nighttime. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Well, hurry up. Yeah, dude. like he just take it. Will just continues <laughs> to take his time. He said, I can't quite make out what's going on. <laughs> Another amazing shirt Noonan's got rocking right here. It looks like they someone made a shirt out of like the Joy yeah. Division t-shirt. Mm -hmm. He's sweating now. He's in the situation again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to say it a little louder, dude. <laughs> I love this. It's a no plan at all. To be fair, what to be fair, Will was Jesus. never like the FBI's like you know no, tactics no. guy. Mm -hmm. But it, it felt felt to me like he was imagining what he would do in this situation. He was like, "Oh, I fucking gutter right now, so so stop <laughs> it, dude." <laughs> I love this. So good. Oh yeah. Just. Uh, the, oh yeah. Just straight through the fucking yeah. window. <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And then right into his hands. He just grabs him and then he just slashes his face like uh, oh. just Oh my god. He just manhandles yeah. him. Oh. <laughs> oh god, he just fucking wasted. It is not a very good plan. No. He jumps no. through glass and then gets the <laughs> shit beaten out of him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, because in this, Dollar High is like seven feet tall. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. It's so cool. I like the little the okay, mini slow-mo. Oh, 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 no, they even show his brains getting blown oh, out of the back. Fuck me. It's just fucking cop holocaust <laughs> right Well, they just walk into his line of fire. Yeah, I, I think this whole, this this last sequence here in the house, I think, like, Michael Mann, I think, actually filmed this all himself in, like, a day or, or just in one night because they had totally run out of money or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
but it turned out uh, perfect. Yeah. I like that he's just using that shotgun like a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one-handed. Uh, by the I way, the FBI one. guy who gave him this gun and bullets was lying about how one shot would all yeah. take. <laughs> That doesn't look that bad, all things considered. Just the best collection of just skies yes. ever oh, captured yeah. in this film. Cops absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> Just stepping all over yeah. the crime scene. Jack not even there. Where is Jack even at right now? Yeah. Yeah, here's Jack Crawford. He's like, oh, what did I miss? <laughs> All right, took a wrong Everything turn. okay? One thing this movie does differently that I think most of this stuff doesn't do, Dollar High doesn't kill, uh, do a killing in the, of the family during the film. It's just like at mm-hmm. the beginning. Most yeah. of them, they will like show us a family, show us him haunting them. I, th- this part is totally oh, yeah. new to me. This is like very direct. I've never seen this part. Yeah, what's... What, what the fuck? What in the world? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, this hey, is the what? new ending. Yeah, this is the director's cut ending. Who are, who the fuck There's are a very people? slight weird different ending. Oh. Oh, is this the family he would have oh, killed? Oh, wow. <laughs> Freak <laughs> scary. It is, it is a weird scene. It is a yeah. weird scene. <laughs> Interesting. There's nothing creepy about that. Yeah. All right, well, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear your heartbeat? There we go. There we go. Yeah, now it's back. Yeah, Yeah, I could. Odd choice to. That's that's really interesting to me. It's like. I like it. Because it's like he sort of is like, yeah, it's him using psychology. He's like, he he needed to see. Did he go out and jerk off like after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've uh, been fantasizing about killing you and your family for the last couple of weeks. I just I need to get it out of my system, if you don't mind. 
Did I take a look around your house? Do you have any yeah, pets? I don't know. Michael, I think you were right about that. You should have put that in. They should have let you keep that in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those shorts. <laughs> great. Those are back in style now. I like that she's wearing full, like, linen pants <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, because I always thought the ending of this was so celebratory and 80s and kind of pure in a way that su surprised me for Michael Mann. And so that extra scene kind of like darkens it slightly a little bit. Yeah, I like the way it changes yeah. the tone and it's super weird. Instead of just the heartbeat song and him kissing his wife, yeah. it's like a little bit. Wow, done with the job, back yes. to the wife. <laughs> back to the beach. He should go back to the same log. He should go back to the same log <laughs> as the beginning and go back to repose until the next mine his, hunt uh, is needed. His, his, his Jimmy Buffett lifestyle. He's just back in Margaritaville. Cheeseburger in paradise and my wife and kid. Now that all the, the, no. the evil people have been taken no, care of. Now maybe there's a scene of... The son's bedroom, and there's like a cat tied up in it, or something like that. Wow, <laughs> maybe that'll be the, the director's so good. edition. But yeah, man, yeah, good shit. That's a that's a you know that's that's, that, a, that's a manhunt boy. That's a manhunt. You know, it is so hard to rank any of the adaptations. I think Hannibal, the TV series, is still my favorite. But if I'm talking about what's number two. You know, it depends on the day of the week, but like sometimes my um, Manhunter is my favorite. You know, some it, more than Silence of the Lambs uh, after Hannibal, of course. And they're they're very hard to compare. They're they're two they're two vastly different movies, but I mean they're they're both like I said, I think they're both masterpieces. But like I agree with you, it's just sort of day of the week, whatever I'm feeling. But Manhunter definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Like anyone who would mm -hmm. just flatly say like the Silence of the Lambs is like easily better uh, is uh, untrustworthy <laughs> in my opinion. Shan, what do you think? I think I'd have to rewatch Silence of the Lambs because this movie is a lot more like artful in its presentation and so much more subtle. But then it's just kind of apples and oranges because Silence of the Lambs also has so many just like at least in my like film memory deeply embedded iconic scenes mm. and they, ideas oh yeah in definitely it. they're so both just such like you know uh uh exemplar pieces of like the kind of like decade of film you know what i mean like silence mm -hmm. of the lambs even though it is like a 91 movie it's like so yeah 90s it, it of really a movie. Is. you know what i mean and this is like so 80s of a movie it's like I, I don't know it's like it just depends on what kind of like mood i'm in if i like the kind of like glossy you know like you know like glossily lit 90s movies or this kind of like 80s thing like they're both they're both uh, pinnacle pieces yeah mm -hmm. it's basically like uh it's just yeah my mood is other one other i want to see the color blue or the color brown. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i'll, I'll decide yeah. by well folks that was our commentary will thank you so much uh for joining yeah, us yeah thanks for coming right, a pleasure where can people find you uh, at Will Menneker on Twitter, and uh, the podcast is Chapo Trap House. All right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace. Later. Take care. Bye-bye.